Dionisio at the plate, he's over for 2 today. Swakowski, the big right hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. Dionisio lets it fly, and it's... Oh, it's raining now. Welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater, the podcast where two bums talk about other bums at baseball games. I'm Jack Swakowski. And I'm Jeremy Dionisio. And this is episode number 99. We're one away from the century mark. Today we'll be talking about all the players in Major League history who've worn the number 99. It's not that many of them. Uh, but first, since it is episode number 99, we're going to talk about MLB 1999 debuts. Jeremy, who do you have? Um, all right, Jack. Uh, I have Chris Benson. Chris Benson. He was a pitcher, right? Yeah. I was okay. going to ask. That's promising. I was going to ask you how much you know about Chris Benson. Uh, so this is off the top of my head. I don't have his baseball page refer- uh, baseball reference page up yet. I would say Chris Benson. Was it spelled a K? Did he spell Chris Benson K-R-I-S? Yes. I like where you're going. I like where you're going. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, that's it. That's all I know about him. Perfect. Um, I'll say this. This is not one of the things that I was going to talk about, but apparently his full, his full name is Kristen James Benson. So oh my I, God! I, I can see why he went with Chris. First of all, um, yeah. we'll have to ask Chris Bryant uh, what his full name is. Um, <laughs> but uh, I bring up Chris Benson not because of anything he did on the diamond, but because, of course, of his wife Anna Benson. Now, Jack, do you remember anything about Anna Benson? Uh, I don't. Okay, this might be might have been maybe slightly before like your your time of like really uh, kind of you know kind of digging deep on on baseball like players or whatever but so chris benson's wife anna benson was like very outspoken very like um uh out there uh, she may have been in playboy i'm guessing but she uh-huh. was like you know she was like uh a, a like modely type you know wife as you might expect a baseball player to be married to right sure. um but uh, so in OK, so I'm looking at I looked it up and like, I guess in 2004, uh, she was on the Howard Stern show and she said uh, this is when Chris Benson was on the Mets. Um, she said that if she ever caught um, Chris, Chris Benson cheating um, on her, that she would sleep with the entire Mets team, including the ball boys. <laughs> um, so that kind of became like a thing like that kind of became like what Chris Benson was known for is like just having like, um, like he became, it became more about his wife than about himself basically. Um, and like, and so like his wife definitely preceded like his reputation. He was, I guess, you know, I, I have a memory of him being like a somewhat serviceable player, but again, I'm looking at his numbers and they're not great. They're not even really good. Um, he had, I think, you know, what happened is like in his, um, second year in 2000, uh, he had uh, a 10 and 12 record, which whatever for the Pirates, I'm sure that was a bad team. But he had a 3.85 ERA, um, and uh, then he, I think he must have had Tommy John surgery because he missed all of 01, and he came back and he just was not good. So, um, so yeah, I guess he was never really that good. But he he eventually went. He started with the Pirates, went to the Mets, and then that's when all that like happened, and you know they got involved in like a media circus with his wife. Um, but uh, this is an interesting story that I maybe knew about, maybe forgot about. I think maybe, like, at some point, like, especially after Chris Benson stopped playing, like, you know, there was no reason to ever speak of 
these people again, him and his <laughs> wife. But uh, there's a story in 2013, a uh, headline from ABC News, pitcher Chris Benson's wife accused of trapping him in basement with handgun, taser, hatchet. <laughs> so I'll just read a little bit of this article here. July 11th, 2013, the estranged wife, that, that's never a good sign when a story starts with that. The estranged wife of former Major League Baseball player Chris Benson was arrested earlier this week after she allegedly broke into her husband's Georgia home wearing a bulletproof vest and was armed with an ammunition belt, knife, taser, hatchet, and a handgun, according to police. Anna Benson was charged with two counts of aggravated assault and battery with a gun, possession of a firearm, and a felony and criminal trespass after she allegedly broke into the home of the couple once shared in Smyrna, Georgia, Monday. Um... It goes on from there. Um, but, uh, yeah, it says Chris Benson dialed 911 from his basement and told the, the operator in a hushed voice that his wife threatened him with a gun. My soon-to-be, quote, my soon-to-be ex-wife has gotten into my house. She's brandishing a gun. She's wearing a bulletproof vest. She's in the house, and I'm downstairs in the basement. So, <laughs> um, you know, I maybe no no sense to kick a guy when he's down, especially when, his, when he's a man with the first name Kristen. But, um you know, just uh, just want to get that on record of Chris Benson and his wife, Anna, uh, who are like maybe one of the maybe not one of the original, uh, you know, like star couples of baseball, but um, one of the more prominent ones in the early 21st century. So that's my guy, Chris Benson. Yeah, it also said that she was implicated in a murder in 1996. I think that was uh, that was oh, before nice. he started dating her so he should have known i mean you know <laughs> the signs were the signs were there for sure there was a, a couple red flags jack <laughs> um i guess you know maybe there are instances where you where you might overlook some of those um you know and you know sure. i guess i guess that's what happened Kristen, though that's a that's a new one jeremy i, I will say that i have never uh i have never heard Kristen as a guy's name there's a guy. There's Kristen Stewart on the Tigers, I guess, but it's spelled like C. Like I don't know if it's Kristen or Christian. Um, honestly, it's actually, spelled but. it's spelled Kristen, but I I kind of assume it's uh pronounced Christian, but uh, yeah. you know I don't know why I would assume that. So yeah, you're right. There is there is another guy. There's actually yeah a guy right now, Kristen Stewart for the Tigers. So maybe it's not as unusual as you would think. Yeah, who knows. The world's a crazy I, I place. Will... Just ask Chris Benson. <laughs> uh, my guy, Jeremy, is Gil Mesh. Do you remember Gil nice. Mesh? I do remember Gil Mesh. Okay. Um, yeah, he was kind of like, uh, you know, a, a Jeff, Su- like a poor man's Jeff Supon, um, which is, uh, <laughs> which is, it's not saying much, but it really, it really is what he, what he was. I, the most remarkable thing about uh, Jeff Supon is that I remember, I think it was in the. Um, it was like the uh, after the 2006 season, heading into the 2007 season, he was like the hottest free agent on the market as far as pitchers were yeah. concerned. So it's like if him you think Ted this Lilly. is a bad, yeah, yeah, him and Ted Lilly. So like if you think that this was a bad free agent class, like you know, you it's got nothing on 2006. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, he uh, he signed, ended up signing with the Royals. I think he signed like a five year deal with them. Uh, and he looks like from his baseball reference here, it looks like he made, you know, $11.4 million a year. No, it was, it was about, yeah, like a $50 million deal. His first year he made about seven and a half million. 
Last three years of it, he made about $11.5 million. Um, so, yeah, that is a huge overpay for a guy like Gil Mesh. There's no way even now <laughs> with, the, with the inflated salaries that he would be making that much money. Um, his first year with the Royals, that year after he signed that big contract, wasn't that bad. It was, he made his yeah. only all-star team. He had a 367 ERA in 34 starts. But, uh, but, yeah, after that, he was just garbage. The last two seasons of that contract, he had an ERA over five. Um, and he was making a lot of money doing it uh, for some Royals teams that were absolutely awful. Um, that was right before they, uh, like, in the, that was a, a couple years before they actually got good. So they were still rebuilding. So it was a head-scratching signing because the Royals weren't going to contend, but I guess they felt like they just needed to sign Gilmesh for some reason. Yeah, totally. No, I remember that offseason, yeah, because I feel like the Cubs were, you know, maybe in play to to sign someone. That could have been, was that the, like, year that Lou Pinella got hired maybe? Um for the Cubs, but uh, like yeah, and they signed. They that were, was the year they signed Soriano. Oh, okay, so yeah, they were kind of you know going for it, I guess, and like, um, yeah, there weren't many options on the free agent market. And, like, I think at the time it was like basically like either Gilmesh or Ted Lilly, and I was like, I think I'd rather have Gilmesh. And then Ted Lilly ended up <laughs> being not bad for the for the Cubs. Uh huh. So, no, like, yeah. Um, yeah. So they they got the right guy, I guess. Um. Yeah. So that was uh. That that's so that's Gil Mesh for you. Um. You know that's another one of those things where it's like, well, there's I don't think there's a good segue out of this one, Jeremy. So we'll just. Uh, well, did you ever did just, you have a runner up for 1999? Yeah, I was just gonna say, Jack. There, like, of you know, I think I complained maybe about recent years of guys who are just kind of like all part of like one blob. This year yeah. there was actually some guys that like I thought were kind of. Worth talking about Ted Lilly being one of them uh, for sure, but um, I was gonna say um, Jack Jones is another one. Which I think maybe came. He up was a Dusty Baker guy, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, but uh, do you remember Vincente Padilla or Vicente Padilla, Jack? Yes, uh, reliever. Um, I think he was a starter for a bit, um, but I remember he was on the uh, pi- the the Phillies at one like at some point in his career. I think he was like pretty. Maybe those his best years were with the Phillies. Yeah, yeah, it does look like he was primarily a starter. Um, I do remember him. Yeah. I don't know if you remember this, Jack, but, like, God, he was on. He was around for so many more years after the Phillies. Um, and it just, like, <laughs> uh, just seems, like, totally, like, inconsequential. But, um, but yeah, so I, I just remember, like, there were, like, um, I don't know if they were always the same guys or what, but there were guys, like, in the upper deck of – I don't know if that if they were playing in Veterans Stadiums or, or Citizens Bank Park at that point. Probably Citizens Bank Park, um, but they would be in like the upper deck, um, like the uh, of of uh, left field, and they would have like signs for like every different starter. And so for Vince, Vicente Padilla, they had the Padilla Flotilla, um, <laughs> and like they would be like up in the upper deck, like when he would pitch, and they'd have the sign, and they would like. I mean, they were probably wearing like you know racially insensitive hats or something but like uh they, they were they were doing it in good nature um but uh but yeah like so it's kind of funny to think like this guy had like a cheering squad like at games that he pitched at and like now like just he's completely like forgotten to time um he was around for a while 14 years but uh but yeah so that i don't know i that like i remembered i had that memory a couple of years ago and i'm like no one has mentioned the name vicente padilla um in years, you know, and so he's he's kind of a, a forgotten guy a little bit. But I so I just wanted to throw that one out there as like an honorable mention. Yeah, he's uh, lo- lost for the ages for sure. Uh, yeah, for a while I always I always 
thought his name was Vincente Padilla with an N. But uh, right. no, no dice. It's Vicente. Um, yeah, Jeremy, real quick, uh, before we get into our next uh, our next thing here, um, I might as well just bring this up now. So uh, speaking of players of that era, uh, so Sean Estes, we talked about Sean Estes <laughs> on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, um, uh, and uh, I had mentioned that I had gone to a Giants game in San Francisco at Pac Bell Park, and I think it was 2001. Um, and, uh, you know, we were at like the, the will call window, uh, and, you know, I, I had mentioned that it must've been like the players went will call window and like Sean Estes's wife was picking up tickets right in front of us. And like I said on the podcast that I couldn't remember why we were picking up tickets at that window for a San Francisco uh-huh. Giants game in San Francisco. And, uh, so it turned out my dad told me this cause he listened to the, he listened to the podcast and then, uh, uh, he, he said, you know, the, the way the reason we were in that line was because he had written to the Giants and uh, told them that he was like by snail mail. He sent a letter to the Giants telling them that he was Scott Rowland's cousin and asking if they could leave tickets for us. Uh, uh-huh. The Phillies did, and they they left uh, <laughs> the, the Giants, and the Giants like gave gave us tickets because they be- they believed that my dad was Scott Rowland's cousin. No way, really. From, yeah, and uh, my dad said that he used to do that at other stadiums too. Like when we would go, um, wow. when we would go to games. Um, I think he said it only worked one other time. He said he thinks it was at Wrigley Field, but he doesn't remember because this was so long ago. This was twenty years ago. But um, yeah, oh, so he wrote he wrote snail mail to the Giants, telling them <laughs> that he was Scott Rowland's cousin. And they believed him and, like, gave gave us tickets. Uh, so that's – and I remember because they were really good seats. We were right behind the first base dugout, which was the visitors' uh, dugout. Um, and I, I actually remember from that game, like, sitting uh, sitting by a guy, and he was in, like, all, uh, all like, uh, like a Phillies, like, track suit. Um, uh-huh. And he was going crazy for Jimmy Rollins. He was, like, this older black dude. Um, yeah. And it must have been Jimmy Rollins' dad or grandpa or something. So we were in – the like the players section uh or like the players family section oh my at peck bell park uh which is <laughs> which is crazy so i i want to know who this rube for the working for the giants was that they believed this story or like why nobody verified this um like why that guy didn't bother to verify it with the phillies or like why why the giants guy wasn't like you know, I wonder why he wouldn't ask the Phillies for these tickets. Like that, it just there, right. there's nothing. There's nothing that makes sense about why that would have worked, um, <laughs> but it but it did. So. Oh my god, that is hilarious. That is awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, that's like uh, that's some cool stuff right there. Um, <laughs> that's funny. You know, that's it's funny. Both of our dads have like a a spotty track record with. Um, with baseball day operations with, um, you know, my, my dad, I, I don't know if I've even really talked about it on the podcast, but my dad used to scam like extra bobbleheads at Cubs games. <laughs> um, we'll have to get into that story at some time too. But, um, but yeah, like he would like pretend like basically he would pretend like he was going in a second time and get another bobblehead. And like, I would go ahead and sell those on eBay for like almost like a hundred bucks a pop. Like, yeah, they, they go for so much money. Um, but, uh, that's pretty funny. That's pretty awesome. And, uh, uh, good, good looking out, Mr. Swakowski. That that's uh pretty. That's that's good stuff. It is. It is. Um, and yeah, uh, folks, I can't confirm this about Jeremy's dad. I have been at a bobblehead day where Jeremy's dad was also there, and he must have ended up with like four Chris Bryant bobbleheads. I don't. I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know how he did it. 
<laughs> there were people yeah. who there were people who didn't get any. Um, yes. So that is a, that is a nice racket. I would like to find out who else my dad pretended to be, like what other family members. But yeah, there's just there's no <laughs> there's no way to know. It would have been funny if like Scott Rowland would have like come up into the stands like before the game, like during batting practice, like all excited to see his cousins, and it would have yeah. just been us. You yeah. know, uh, who we're the lucky. Hell are you? <laughs> yeah, we're lucky we didn't get lucky we didn't get thrown out of that game. Um, that is genius though. Like, you know, I think I talked about this before, like, you know, like when you get like, I remember reading in a magazine, like, you know, it's better to go get the, the visiting players autographs at a game because mm -hmm. like, there's less like, you know, uh, hubbub about them at the visitors park. So like, that was like a shrewd move on your dad, like not saying like, you know, Hey, I'm, uh, whatever Jeff Kent's, uh, uh, godfather or something, you know, uh, but, but picking a, an opposing player like, uh, that, that makes sense. Right. It would be harder to confirm, especially in 2001, which was, you know, people were still figuring out how to use the Internet back then. So, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was the thing that happened. I'm glad uh, glad we were able to get that cleared up. So that That's is awesome. why we were behind Sean Estes. Um, Jeremy, you uh, you texted me right before I was about to go to bed. Uh, I think it was on Friday about the news that Len Casper left the uh, Chicago Cubs for the yeah. Chicago White Sox and a uh, radio gig. Yep. Um, yeah, Jack, I mean, like, it would be as if like, you know, like if a good friend of ours died or something like, um, <laughs> I, I, it, you know, it's kind of, I mean, it really hasn't washed over. It won't, it won't really hit me until the friggin' season starts, but Jack, I'm, we're, we're reopening the wound here. Um, but I'm like, I, I'm beside myself. Like I'm, I'm heartbroken. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm destroyed by this move. Like legitimately speaking. Well, you know, it's, I, uh, it's terrible. So people, you know, the way that it's being spun by both Len Casper and I shouldn't say spun because it could be the, the absolute truth is that Len Casper always wanted to do radio. His passion yeah. is for radio. And so that's why he took the job. And he's also always wanted to call a world series and he was never going to be able to do that as just the TV broadcaster for the Cubs. Cause obviously those guys don't get to uh, be on TV when the playoff games are on. It's always national mm -hmm. broadcasters. So um, I guess those were his two biggest incentives behind wanting to make the move. He said that it had nothing to do with being on the Marquee Network, but, like, I, I don't know. I mean, like, it is a bit of a coincidence that Marquee Network, like, pro uh, cropped up, you know, after year one, like, he left. Um, yeah. that, that's, that is a big coincidence, considering he'd been with the Cubs for 15 years. Uh, I know that he, he had to wear a suit. Him and JD had to wear suits every day, which is moronic, considering that nobody uh -huh. else was even in the park. That's really yeah. stupid. So that was just kind of one thing. Um, I mean, making him have to deal with, like, Mark Grace and all these other guys, like, you know, they kept bringing third guys into the booth, like, you know, why? Ryan why are you bringing Dempster. these? Why? Yeah. yeah, Ryan Dempster. And it's like, why? Well, are Len and JD not good enough? Why do you have to, why do you have to keep messing with uh, something that doesn't need to be fixed? So I, I think that all of those things may have been contributing factors in him leaving as well. Yeah, I mean, yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, not to mention the politics behind um, the Marquee Network and the Ricketts family, uh, which <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll try not to get into. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, like, yeah, why, why deal with that bullshit? Like, he, he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to deal with that bullshit. He, he had a great run with the Cubs. He, um, he, he was here for. He saw a World Series team, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, 
the only thing I could say is that it's not, it's not like the White Sox are any better, any better. Like I guess they're they're the team is the arrows pointing up on the team, but like um, they're also a, a dysfunctional organization. So um, so so that's a bit questionable. But um, I don't blame him. I mean, I yeah, I like. I mean, this is kind of silly. This is completely nowhere near uh, the same level. But you know, I was seeking out a potential job with, with the marquee network myself just to be able to work for the Cubs. And I was, I was legitimately like thinking like, do I want to work for like the Sinclair broadcasting company? Um, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, so I don't blame him for like, and it's, it's, that's hogwash about the the radio thing. I mean, like even like, uh, I mean, Jay, Jim Deshays even said like, uh, he tweeted like, you know, um, you know, Len was a big part of why I came to Chicago, um, you know, so happy for you. I'm glad you get to scratch that radio itch. And it's like, I mean, okay. I mean, you know, sure. That's part of it. And maybe he even told them that, but it's like, you don't like, it's just, I, I don't know. I mean, I, it's cool that, that that's a dream of Lancaster. I'll say this. It's nice that he gets to pursue a dream of his, um, in the process of leaving a toxic organization and company. <laughs> Um, so like, that's, that's the bonus of him getting out of, of this bullshit, uh, that's, that's become associated with the Cubs brand, uh, these days. Um, but, uh, it's like, you don't leave a TV broadcasting job for the Cubs to go to like the less popular team in a like less visible role, um, you know, on radio, uh, you just don't do that. Especially when the TV guy for the White Sox is not leaving anytime soon. It's not like he's taking over radio and like, you know, Her- like Hawk Harrelson is like announcing still, you know, it's like, and like, he'll probably have the TV job in like a couple years. It's like, again, I'm glad he gets to do radio. Um, if he really had a passion to do that, but, uh, I just, I almost wish he would friggin' burn <laughs> the bridge or something because, um, I, I don't know. It's, I mean, maybe that always allows him to come back or something, I guess. But like, uh, I don't know. It's a mess. I mean, even if the Ricketts sell the team, like is the marquee network isn't going to go away. I don't think like, it's like there, I, I don't even know how that would even work, but like, um, it's, it's a shame. And like, you know, I was pretty upset about Theo Epstein, um, I was a little, I was a little sad to see Kyle Schwarber go just because of what he represents. Uh, but this is like, to me, this is worse than anything else. Just like your, your play by play guy for your team is like the voice of your summer. It's like the voice day in and day out when you're watching games. And like, it's like, if you don't like that guy, it's hard to, to tune into to games on a daily basis. And when you really like a guy, like you're really lucky. I think Chicago has like I would I would almost be willing to say the two best play by play guys out there and or they did and like now they do but they're on the same team um <laughs> but uh yeah it's it's just it's it sucks like I like it I I I have to I I have to say at least I was uh conscious of the fact that we had like a really good broadcasting team with the Cubs um and you know the immediately after the news broke they were talking about Chris Myers taking over and like that's just like that's just the worst like um like not only are we losing him but we're getting this hack in return um so now they've since like kind of like tried to squash some of that talk um so like I don't if like 
I'm trying to think of like a young like um or I guess it doesn't even need to be young, but like a a somewhat exciting like hire that the that the Cubs could get. And you would think that they could get whoever they want, um, being like a Chicago market. Um, but I'm like, who could they get that would make me like be okay that Len Casper left? And it's like I I can't think of too many guys. Um but uh yeah. And yeah, maybe I don't they, know. maybe they can get Brian Anderson. <laughs> yeah, sure. Right, I know, after now talking talking him up uh during the playoffs. <laughs> um yeah, I I don't know. Um yeah, it's uh People it's, were saying uh, Wayne Randazzo might be a a, a potential. Um I I did hear well, the Chris the Chris Myers thing too. Uh yeah, it, they definitely floated that out there. I think to kind of take the temperature of how people might feel about that and everybody just kind of shit all over it. So, yeah, you <laughs> yeah. you're right. They definitely waffled on that. I feel like it was go if the reception had even been lukewarm to that idea, I feel like it would have happened, but uh <laughs> would have already been hired. Yeah. Yes, but uh but yeah, the uh, I will say that like Cub fandom <laughs> was able to like uh squash that. So that was that was at least one good thing that the front office listened to. Yeah, sure. I mean, hey, I guess if they hire Wayne Randazzo, there might be one less Rain Delay Theater podcast out there. So, um, <laughs> so that, that would be nice. Um, that's the only time we're going to talk about that. Um, but uh, no, yeah, I, I, I don't know. There's um, it, it would be interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know who, who could like, you know like hire an unknown guy that like is is cool like find like the next len casper because like no one knew who len casper was when they hired him Mm -hmm. um so please do that but if if it's a marquee network that's hiring him i I don't have much um you know they could if the if the marquee network is doing the hiring it could be fucking john lackey you know or uh (laughs) um uh uh what aubrey huff maybe you know (laughs) like um right yeah, I don't know. Um, so uh, let's. Uh, I don't know. I I hope that I hope that they get someone somewhat fucking tolerable. But um, I'm still I'm I'm sick over it. Still, it's just I, yeah, it, it kills me. Well, um, uh, Jeremy on the south side, Len Casper was not the only signing. Uh, they had uh, they signed Adam Eaton and uh, uh, Lance Lynn. To, to contract well they, they traded for Lance Lynn the White Sox did so they have Eaton yeah. and Lynn now uh two veteran guys um I thought Lynn was actually a somewhat decent pickup for them he's been he's been solid for a long time so he's going to be a good piece to add to their rotation he seems like a good innings eater and his ERA is usually always pretty low um Adam Eaton I don't know about though <laughs> well I mean uh I'll say this about the White Sox um as for every step they take in the right direction to becoming a legitimate, successful, sustained, uh, like success franchise, they take like another step backwards in like uh, completely unoriginal, like archaic thinking. Um, <laughs> you know, get Eloy, get Luis Robert, make the playoffs. Uh, go ahead and sign and hire Tony Arusa. Step backwards, okay. <laughs> um, get Len Casper, awesome. Uh, hire. Uh, or like bring back um, Napoleon complex asshole supports uh, calls a 12 year old kid, a leader in the clubhouse, Adam Eaton, you know? (laughs) Um, So, so the white Sox, I have a feeling the white Sox, I mean, it's true. They, they won the Oh five world series and they still be, you know, they still managed to regress back to kind of joke 
uh, franchise. So I, I have no question that despite their um, their popularity and their their uh, arrow pointing up, they'll still manage to make themselves a laughing stock. Um, Adam Eaton is like, who the hell likes this guy other than maybe Hawk Harrelson and Jerry Reinsdorf? Like, I mean, and I guess Rick Hahn, I guess Rick Hahn signed him. So it's like, he's a piece, but like, he, he's also, he's another kind of piece too. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, the guy is a, the guy's a, an asshole. Like, like seems like about as sharp as a butter knife. Um, he seems like, uh, like a, at least, uh, divisive, um, like, you know, uh, player to say the least in the clubhouse um and uh yeah he was one of the few people who spoke out or maybe not one of the few but he was one of the people who was outspoken about the whole adam laroche drake laroche uh you know i don't even know what to call it like circus sideshow act um that happened with the white Sox a couple years ago he called he called drake laroche a leader in the clubhouse he's like we lost a real leader in the clubhouse (laughs) Um, so that's that's who adam eaton is like that's what kind of a dimwit he is um so Okay, cool. They got him. All right. Um, again, I don't know if forward-thinking White Sox fans are, are that excited about it. Um, for fans who, like, would probably rather have, um, you know, A.J. Pruszynski than uh, any sort of, you know, like A.J. Pruszynski now or something than, like, you know, any sort of uh, promising young player, um, you know, they're probably super happy that Adam Eaton is back. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, he's actually he's had a, a bad couple of years and he's missed he's missed a lot of time, too. So I guess they figured I think they signed him to about a one year, eight million dollar deal. So I guess they thought the yeah. price was right. But, uh, you know, certainly there were there were other exciting options out there, like, you know, Jock Peterson, who probably wanted a uh, a little bit longer term of a deal. The White Sox yeah. were not going to the White Sox were not going to sign George Springer. Looks like maybe the Mets are going to sign George Springer. Possibly. But, um, yeah, I mean, Adam Eaton, uh, definitely about as unexciting as it gets and, uh, you know, possibly a, a detriment to the clubhouse. Although I'm, I'm sure him and Tony LaRussa will get along just fine. Um, right. James McCann uh, uh, signed with the Mets, though, speaking of that, right? Or he's yeah. he's about to. It's not yeah, quite official it yet. It sounds like it's going to happen, but I don't know if it's official quite yet. But, uh, yeah, Jimmy Jimmy Can Can is going to New York, New York. Yeah, Jimmy Jimmy Can Can. I I actually like like him. He's a good he's a good player. Like he's a good he's a good defensive catcher. He's a good hitter. I think he made the All Star team in 2019. If I'm not uh, if I'm not mistaken, he had a he had a really yeah he had a really good year. Um, uh, and he just kind of they just signed Yasmani Grandal and uh, we're like okay you can still be the backup. But I mean James McCann is good enough to to be the everyday guy or he's at least good enough to I think he's earned the shot. And I think he earned the shot with the White Sox, too. Was, so, I mean, it was kind of crappy yeah. for them to go out and sign Grandal when they already had McCann, who I think could have done the job. But uh, Grandal is really good, too. So I guess if they wanted to spend the money, you know, hey, whatever. But, uh, but I, you know, the, the catcher that they would have wanted uh, was – they he was right there. He was literally on the team. So, you know, good for, good for McCann. Uh, I would certainly take him on the Brewers, um, you know, if they were willing to shell that out. Yeah, yeah, he he could have been he could have been uh the starter um with the White Sox and probably been totally fine. I mean, he caught I think he, he didn't he also caught the Giolito no-hitter uh, last year, I believe. He did. He did. Um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's a pretty solid guy. Um uh he doesn't excite me too much as a as, like 
as as my catcher, but, uh, <laughs> but you could do a lot worse than James McCann, I would say. And finally, Carlos Santana signed with the Kansas City Royals for two years in $17.5 million. Um, I would have actually, that, that, that was a little bit of a surprise to me because it doesn't seem like the Royals are trying to contend right now. Yeah. Um, I, I would have been fine with the Brewers signing Santana for one year to play first base, but I'm guessing that uh, the Brewers didn't want to give him. He was probably looking for a two-year deal, and the you know the the only team that was probably willing to uh, give give out one of those was a team like the Royals. So, uh, or at least the Brewers probably were not willing to give him that second year. So that's probably why one of the reasons he landed with Kansas City. But it, it seems like an odd signing for them. Yeah, I yeah, you I <laughs> I always wonder like what the thought process is for for like non-contending teams to sign anybody any like <laughs> free agents of note like other than just like guys who are just available at the end of the year who they can like why spend any money like significant money on a team on a player if you're not going to contend and like uh I don't know, it's weird. But um I you know, maybe maybe like for trade bait or something, maybe they can go around and trade him or something. Um but uh but yeah, that was um, a weird signing. I also um, uh, the Reds traded Rysel Iglesias too to the Angels, uh, which I, I thought was pretty surprising. Yeah, who did they get, yeah. Who did they get for him? Like nobody. Like Noe Ramirez, which I don't know if he's any good or not. But like, I that one made no sense to me. Like, why would the Reds trade Rysel? Rysel Iglesias is a, has been a pretty good closer for them. He he has. Um, yeah, he was kind of the uh, heir apparent to Chapman. I mean, I think that it was like he succeeded Chapman as the Royals' closer. Yeah, and he, he seems yeah. like a closer, too, where uh, I've seen him multiple times. They'll put him in in, like, the eighth inning. So he's like a guy that can get you, like, five outs instead of just yeah. three. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, uh, yeah, I he's, you know, he's saved uh, 34, 30, 28 games the last three years, if you don't count the pandemic season. Um you're not career ERA of 315, um, so not not super lights out. But yeah, he's been good. His you know the years where he pitched a full season, he's mostly just had a ERA well under three. So uh, that's a good pickup for the Angels. Yeah, um, I mean, I guess the Reds have uh, Amir Garrett. I guess who they could probably put in now as closer. Um, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. That that one struck me as odd, um, especially for like the return. I I don't I don't know too much about Noe uh, Ramirez, but. Um, but yeah, so that was an interesting one. Um, the, not a player, Jack, but the Cubs did uh, acquire, um, did hire hire a coach, uh, third base coach now for the Cubs is Willie Harris, former White Sox. Well, Jeremy, I, I think that uh, th- being third base coach, they say that's that's got to be the 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 highest pressure of of all the base coaches of all t- of all two base coaching positions uh you know yeah it's it can be it can be heavily scrutinized you know if you uh like like windmill ed uh ed cedar for the brewers you know if you're always sending guys and uh you know getting them thrown out uh there's a you know there's a lot Waven, on your shoulders waving wendell wendell kim <laughs> who who was he who who was he a base uh, coach he for he was he was basically dusty baker's coach so he um he was in uh uh, San Francisco with Baker, and then he came over with Baker to the Cubs. Um, but yeah, they called him Waven Wendell because he, he waved <laughs> guys in, and they would get thrown out at home, home plate. <laughs> so. um, yeah, Jeremy. Like if you, you know, if you're a third base coach, like you might have a nickname. You know, like how many other how many other coaches uh, uh, can you and say that about? One. A pejorative one at that. It's like, yeah, you, we'll give you a nickname because you always fuck up your job. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I'd like to, uh, you know, uh, there should be also nicknames for third base coaches. Not, you know, none's coming to mind right now. But for a guy who always puts on the stop sign, you know. Um, yeah, right. I don't know. I the don't know what light. it would be. <laughs> yeah, the uh, red light Randy or something. Or the, but, um, the octagon, right? Is that what is that the shape of a stop sign? The octagon? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The the octagon. That would be a good yeah. one. If we if we notice uh, if we notice a third base coach this year, Jeremy, that's that puts the stop sign on a lot. We'll have to uh, we'll Def- have to we'll, yeah. yeah that that'll be his new name. Um, yeah. So Willie Harris Definitely. though he uh, uh, he actually never crossed paths with David Ross, the current manager. They were on several team. They were on several of the same teams, but never at the same time. I think the Red Sox and uh, also the Reds. So they were both members of those clubs. But never at the same time. So they never crossed paths as players. Um, Willie Harris uh, was on the 2006 Red Sox, so he crossed paths with uh, Jed Hoyer at some point. So maybe they, uh, you know, got yeah. to know each other a little bit then. But uh, yeah, he seems like kind of a baseball lifer. You know, he's been in the game for over 20 years. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, cool to see a, a former player like from our from our lifetimes that we uh, know to be a coach now. So it uh, should be interesting. I, I actually didn't even realize Will Venable left the Cubs. Uh, that's that's a tough loss for them. I know a lot of players liked him. Um, and uh, I saw him once uh, outside on Clark with uh, AirPods leaving uh, the game. Uh, oh, really? Time. So Yeah, so I had a brush with Will Venable myself. He touched he touched my life in, in a special way. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A brush, a brush with greatness. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I'm, I'm sure there'll be more signings to come. Maybe uh, the winter meetings were this week, I believe. Um, maybe they're over now. So if that was the only thing that came of the winter meetings was those moves, then uh, you know that's not very exciting. But uh, it seems like if Carlos Santana is getting two years and seventeen point five million, uh, maybe the market is not as bad as as everybody thinks it's going to be after the pandemic season. Um, the, uh, the Kane County Cougars, so they, the, they were, um, so there was no minor league season this year and, uh, they, they recently announced the foldings or the moving of leagues or affiliates of, uh, all the teams, I think, right? They announced it for all the teams. Yeah. Well, Jack, I don't really know, like, is this like a normal thing, uh, or is this because of like the contraction that, that these announcements were a big deal? Cause it seemed, it was like today, like I heard someone like say it yesterday, like, Tomorrow they're announcing all the affiliates, and and today like all this news broke. Like these teams were invited to be the affiliates. Like it was big news stories like around baseball. May, do you know anything about this? Like, is it because of the whole contraction thing that this was like a story like around the league? Well, yeah, this this had been planned. I know that the contraction of the minor leagues had been planned for a while. Yeah. I know that uh, there. I mean, there were maybe a hundred and sixty or so minor league teams. I know that they were going to call at least forty of them. Um, I yeah. think that was the plan, was to get rid of 40 minor league teams to completely eliminate rookie ball, I believe. And so rookie ball is no longer a thing, which is kind of a, I mean, kind of a shame, although I will say that I've never been to a rookie league game. Um, yeah, so it's I know that this had been team. planned. It's, it's bad for the cities that had those teams. Um, yes. Yeah, you know, like if, like, I, just like for the, um, um, there's a team like, I I had a friend I, um, in Idaho and he lived in Idaho Falls or whatever I think, and like they have a the Ray the Royals have like an a a rookie ball team there, and it's like uh, I don't I don't want to sound like uh, <laughs> like um, big city bubble or something, but I'm like, what the hell's going on in Idaho Falls like that they could just lose a whole baseball team, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like that that's got to probably hurt uh a, like the town a little bit, like losing a piece of you know if it 
if like Green Bay lost the Packers or something like that would be devastating. I oh know God! That, I know that those are those are kind of larger, like those are way big different uh, difference. But like, you know, when you think of a small town like that has like a big team like that, that that would be a big deal. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that the, the those teams create uh, you know jobs, which is nice. Yeah. It's something for the people to to do on the weekends. Uh, it doesn't seem like, uh, at least maybe for a lot of these minor league teams that are quote unquote folding, uh, it seems like they're maybe going to still exist. They're just going to no longer be affiliated with a major league team at this yeah. time. The Kane County Cougars are one of those teams, which is surprising because the Cougars draw really well. I mean, you know, they draw probably on a on a on a weekend game. You know, they'll uh, in during the summer, nice weather, they'll draw seven or eight thousand people. That game we went to, Jeremy, was was sold out. I mean, that was a bobblehead night, but there were still probably about 7,000 people there, which is a ton for low A. Uh, So the Cougars are no longer going to be in the Midwest League. They're going to be in an independent team now, which is is strange. So I guess the the way it's going to work is they can, you know, sign any guy to their roster who's not a member of an affiliated organization, and all the guys on these rosters can, you know, they can sign – for a, with a major league team probably at any point within the season. So it's 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 like, well, you know, it's independent ball. I basically just explained independent ball, but <laughs> yeah. that's what it's going to be. Yeah, um it's what are they calling the league? I'm trying to find out like if if it's like um I feel like, like at one point it was something stupid like the Dream League or something oh, like that. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think I don't think that's still what it's going to be called. Yeah. Um yeah, I'm trying to find it. I, it. It came up in my readings, um, but like, um, like just like the, a non-affiliated league or something like that. So, um, it I don't know. Yeah, it's I mean it's basically like uh, Chicago's like minor league team. Like it's 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 a good ways out of the city, but um, uh, it's it they get Chicago people coming in, like especially especially when it was a Cubs affiliate, um, but. Yeah, it's like you can't I don't know, it's like you can't um deny like the proximity to like a big city and like you would think that you would want to have a team there. I mean, it still kind of boggles my mind that the Cubs uh, you know, aren't affiliated with Kane County like just permanently. Like they were only affiliated with them for like 3 years or something. Um but uh I don't know, it should be interesting. Like on one hand, it's it's sad for like Kane County like to to lose that affiliation and probably lose some business. Um, but from a baseball standpoint, it, from a from a like a hardcore baseball standpoint, it could be interesting because that league could end up being like like the Atlantic League. Like um, I don't I don't know if that's the same thing as the Atlantic Coast League or or that or um, maybe I'm conflate. Like they just have similar names. But like the Atlantic League, uh, if you ever look at the rosters on those teams, they have some like washed up. MLB guys I was looking at it a little bit before the recording and I sent you Jack uh, uh, the picture or like the roster of the like South Maryland Blue Crabs or something (laughs) and like Matt Latos pitched on that team in 2019 he probably started a couple brawls too um, (laughs) but uh, and probably gave himself some tattoos or something um, you know in between in between innings when he was uh, you know when when the team was batting but um, I yeah, so it's like guys like that, like who who haven't given it up yet, um, who still want to play some sort of like organized baseball, uh, will be in those leagues. So we might there might be some like oddball guys in that league, uh, along with a bunch of no names. So, I uh, you know, 
maybe we could have a battered bastards of baseball sort of thing going on uh, with Kane County. I don't know. That is assuming if we ever can get to a game again and like, you know, maybe find a rooting interest uh, with, with this team. Right. Um, yeah, Jeremy, and let's not forget the, the Kane County game started like 5.40 p.m. on a Friday, <laughs> um, right. which is which almost seems like it's just to keep people from the city of Chicago out because it's very, it's very, very difficult to make it to a Kane County Cougars game, uh, you know, in like two, in even two hours. You get, you get stuck in traffic. There's no real good way to get there. And, uh, yeah, that's what happened to us. I mean, I think we maybe missed the first inning and a half or something like that when that, we went there. That was we a brutal could... journey, Jack. I remember getting off the express, or off the, like, the expressway and, like, taking, like, weird surface streets, like, in, like, Aurora. And it was just, it was like, where the hell are we? And, like, we were racing to, like, get to, to try to catch first pitch. And, like, yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was wild. Yeah, I think we missed Royce Lewis's first at bat. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so that was that was not good, but uh, yeah, hopefully uh, it would be fun to see uh, to see a, a game there if if we can make it and if they're going to have fans. The Beloit Snappers that was very surprising that they were all, not also contracted or that they just didn't didn't just get get rid of uh, get rid of the Snappers and and turn that stadium into like a you know a t-ball t- <laughs> league for like uh, you know for five year olds, but they didn't. They are now a Miami Marlins. Uh, franchise, I guess that kind of makes uh, or affiliate. Maybe it makes sense. Maybe the Snappers were one of the cheapest franchises, and the Marlins were like, "Yeah, cool, we'll we'll do it, we'll buy it." But uh, right. you know, there's no real proximity to uh, uh, to Florida to Miami, so <laughs> it it doesn't make sense. I mean, that stadium, Jeremy. Um, you know, you know, we were there for the podcast, but it is just out in the sticks. It's in like the it's in like the middle of a of a suburban neighborhood. It it just it doesn't make sense. It's the most baffling thing in the world that there's like a a minor league stadium in there. It's like in the middle of a park district. Uh yeah. so yeah, it's it's very strange, but they are now gonna be a high A Miami Marlins affiliate. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Um I was trying to think of like well, you know, I'm I'm sure Derek Jeter will, will be out there spending a couple of weeks, maybe a month to like, you know, just scope out the, the turf and uh, you know, scout some of his guys. Um you know, so he'll probably set up shop in, in Beloit, um, you know, for a couple <laughs> of months this season uh, just to do, you know, just to, to, to do the uh, to pound the pavement and do the do the hard work. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of like some exciting um, players that might come through there. Like I know they drafted J.J. Blade. I don't know if he's they'll probably jump in because he missed this year. He, they'll probably jump him right to uh, to double A or something. But uh-huh. uh yeah, I'm trying to think of like uh so they drafted Max Meyer with like the third pick or something. So maybe he might be there this year. Um Could be. Yeah, cuz he had to he had to miss a year too. So they might try to, they might bump him right up to high A. Was he a, a college or a high school guy? He was a college guy. Mm-hmm. He was a college guy. So yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I, who knows what's going to happen with all with all those guys. Um but at some point he'll even if he starts in low A, he'll he'll be in, with them at some point, I guess. Right. Uh, so so yeah, it'll be cool like uh, again May, hopefully we can get to see a goddamn game this year and we can maybe see uh some prospects too um but uh so that's that's cool yeah that was surprising i mean they were on a list of teams like i think that we're gonna probably get uh contracted so um that's crazy that they they made the cut yeah good good for them and uh you know happy uh happy airbnb hunting to to Derek jeter um <laughs> his uh I know he he's gonna have to do some couch surfing while he's up there. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, um, Jack, uh, I guess um, 
I'll, I'll, I'll intro this part because this, this is my cross to bear. But uh, one more thing before we get into our, our topic here. Um, it is baseball card related, but I'm not going to make any promises down the road about uh, any episodes. But I will say that um, uh, I did get um, this set of cards um, from uh, from Topps. Uh, it was um, it was a Dodgers like World Series champion set. So it was just like a set of like uh I don't even think it was 50 cards, like maybe 25 or 30 cards or whatever of current Dodgers and like a handful of like veterans, like legends. Um, And uh, so it was a set. You could get like some like numbered parallels, which were which are like, you know, rare cards. Um, uh, And then you got one autograph per set. So um, you were guaranteed to get Mm -hmm. one autograph. So the checklist was was interesting. I mean, so the definitely the chase card in there the one that you're that everyone's chasing is like a sandy koufax autograph yeah um but there was there was bellinger there's bueller there was no kershaw uh but i Seeger, noticed that yeah seager uh urius um bruce Gratterall, um and then you know there were some scrubs on there whatever um so i got my set jack i opened it up i saw the autograph and i immediately started laughing um, <laughs> my wife asked me what i was laughing about actually and i said uh like nothing, you know, I didn't even want to get into it. Uh, but I, I texted you, Jack, and I said, guess who I got? I showed you the list and uh, you guessed, who did you guess out of that? Well, list? I, I guessed, I guessed Jack Peterson, but yeah. only because we had been making fun of him recently on the podcast and just, sure. uh, you know, and outside the podcast. So that, that had been my guess, but, uh, but I guess looking back, I, I should have known who you got. Yeah. Well, um, so I got Matt Beatty. Matt fucking Beatty, Jack. What <laughs> who was not joke. even on, who was not even on the World Series roster, if I'm not mistaken. Wa- you know. He he wasn't. He was actually I did look it look it up. He was on the LCS roster. Uh-huh. And um hold on, let me his his line for the LCS is absurd. Um let me just pull it up really quick. Um okay, so he was on the LCS roster. He appeared in two games. Um he had three plate appearances. His on-base percentage was 1,000, okay, in three plate appearances. No official at-bats because he walked once and got hit by two pitches. <laughs> that was his contribution to the friggin' uh, playoff run for the Dodgers. That w- those were the three uh, appearances he had um, in a game. A, w- a walk and two hit by pitches. So at least he didn't make a f- an out, I guess. I can say that. I'm, I can say, like, hey, I got an autograph of a guy who didn't make an out in the playoffs. Um, but that's only <laughs> because he got hit fucking twice. Um, so, uh, (laughs) so anyway, it's like, I, I did the list and I actually said like, there was a Blake Trinan autograph and a Alex Wood autograph. So I actually ranked those two below Matt Beatty. Um, Mm -hmm. but I actually would have even been amused by a Blake Trinan autograph because it's like, Hey, that's kind of funny. Who else has a Blake Trinan autograph? Matt Beatty is just like, that's not even funny. It's not even cosmically (laughs) funny. So, um, that was a total waste of money. I don't want to say how much I spent on that set, Jack, but it was, um, probably more than. It's probably more than I ever spent on combined White Sox tickets in, in, in the history of this podcast, for sure. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that, that's that's not saying a lot, but that's more. I would rather go to, you know, 20 White Sox games. Uh, sure. So, yeah, that, that's a that's a real shame, Jeremy. My theory on that, and I told you this was I, it, it's kind of like the McDonald's Monopoly uh, tickets, you know, where it's yeah. like they they do like a, you know, a one billion like free fries and then there's only, like, one ticket for, like, you know, $250,000. Same thing with, it's like, you know, the, Matt Beatty probably signed, like, 5,000 of those things, and Sandy <laughs> Koufax probably signed one. Yeah, you know? no doubt, no doubt. 
That's how it works. And yeah, sometimes you buy something, and you're like, oh, I'll buy one of these for fun. And then when you pull Matt Beatty, it stops being fun really quick. So. <laughs> you know, I I gotta ask you this, Jeremy, because I, I had noticed uh, Clayton Kershaw's absence uh, on that mm-hmm. list. Is he a tough autograph to to get? He he is. Uh, there's not a lot of his autographs going around out there. And like I would say, probably in recent years, the value of it has probably dropped a little bit to probably to the point where I probably could swing one if I really wanted one. Yeah. Um, but he also is like not. It's weird. Like Tops has contracts with certain guys and then they they the contracts end and then they don't sign for him for a while and it seems like when guys get really big a lot of times they don't they stop signing for tops um it actually happened with bellinger i feel like bellinger signed like his rookie year and then didn't sign for a couple years but he's back this year it seems like yeah um so kershaw definitely was signing like maybe like a year or two ago, but I didn't see his name in any products this year. So I don't think he has a contract with them currently. Um, the biggest one uh, that, that pissed me off was um, like Lee Smith doesn't have an auto, uh, like didn't have a contract with top. So when he got into the hall of fame, they, they usually put out special cards for that. And I was like, I was all excited to get like a Lee Smith autographed card, maybe with like the hall of fame 2019 insignia or whatever year he got in. Um, and there wasn't even one because he just he he didn't have a contract, so it was a total bust. But yeah, it's weird how that stuff works. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. I, uh, I I've read that like Kershaw is weird about like interviews and stuff. To where he'll he'll tell like uh, someone who's going to interview him like you have exactly fifteen minutes starting now, and then like once really? those fifteen minutes are up, he'll just you know he'll leave. Well, he'll he's, walk he's, away. Yeah, yeah. Like where he's very he's very strict about his time. Um, so, you know, I wasn't sure if that, uh, if that, uh, you know, bled over to autographs, but you know, Absolutely. it, it, it might, but, uh, but yeah, interesting, Jeremy, but definitely a, definitely a disappointment with the, with the Matt Beatty thing. You'll, maybe you'll have to, you'll have to put that one up for, uh, up on eBay to see how much you can to try to get something <laughs> back for it. I was, I, I plan to do that, Jack, as soon as I, as soon as I have the chance, I mean, list the whole set and see, see if I can get some of my money back. Um, so I can waste it on something else. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, um, all right, well, uh, let's, let's get into the topic. So this is episode 99 and, um, you know, it's, it's not a hundred, but 99, uh, is a watershed mark. It's the highest number, highest number uniform you can have as a baseball player. So, um, so there's that. Um, and, uh, it's not a uniform number that comes along too often. And quite honestly, it's like, I feel like sometimes it's used for more eccentric players. Um, so we figured we'd like take a look at the list of players to wear 99 uh in the history of baseball um uh jack i guess the first one just for honorable mention um you know the the first guy i thought of for number 99 uh is wild thing rick vaughn oh yeah yeah and there is a there is a wild thing on this list jeremy which is probably the inspiration for rick vaughn yeah, actually, maybe two even. I think if you if you're gonna give this guy credit, even though he's 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 pretty new on the scene, but yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, so like, uh, let's let's take a look at the list, I guess. Sure. Um, and yeah, we're gonna go by years worn. So the guy who wore this the most number of years, he wore this for eight seasons. Number ninety nine was So Taguchi. Yeah, uh, So Taguchi, which again he played for the Cubs in two thousand nine. I'm like kind of remembering that. Uh, predominantly a Cardinal. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, not, not too much to say about the, the guy. Um, <laughs> you know, I think like, uh, Dan Bernstein on six, seven, six seventy the score, uh, radio here in Chicago would say like, Oh, he's so Taguchi. 
<laughs> really? Gucci. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's about the most notable thing. He's a two-time World Series champ, though, which is God bless him for that. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He's got he's got two rings. Um. Uh. That must have been what the Phillies in '08 and the uh, the Cards uh, in '06. '06. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And and with the Cubs, yeah, blink and you missed him. He only played six games for them. Uh. Yeah. But yeah, looking at his numbers, not much to say. The uh, if you go back though, the next guy here, uh, he wore this for seven years. Is he and Jin Ryu? Yep. So that's uh, he's actually he won the ERA title last year. So uh, so good for him. He's actually a pretty good pitcher. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> yeah. He uh, also he left the Dodgers just in time to to miss that ring too. So uh, <laughs> you know, congrats there. Um. But uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Another also like kind of a bigger guy. Um. As a as a player. Um. He did um like <clears throat> in uh Korea. No, no, he's Japanese. Uh, or wait, no, hold on. He is Korean. That's what I thought. Um, mm-hmm. He um he did commercials. I saw I've seen some commercials uh, from like Korea where he does like he like is a spokesperson for some like noodle company or some kind of like instant noodle company or something kind of like ramen um, or something like that. Or maybe he was on a game show where he like they had him eat like a bowl of noodles like versus like, you know, um kobayashi or so i don't know there he has something to do with noodles i remember <laughs> um but uh but yeah um yeah i don't know i guess he's a pretty good player i i kind of like um i don't know i just i guess because he was associated with the dodgers for for many years i kind of i kind of canceled them out because i i pretty much dislike most things dodger related so <laughs> yeah i i will say jeremy uh the last uh last two years uh, this year with Toronto and last year with the Dodgers, he's finished in the top three in Cy Young voting. So he's been pretty uh, he's been pretty solid. Made his first All Star team last year in 2019. Uh, to your point though, Jeremy, about the uh, about like being in the Korean commercials for noodles, uh, that that it is funny uh-huh. that like there's a lot of American actors who will like do Japanese commercials for whatever and you know just make ridiculous amounts of money for it. Like I know Tommy Lee Jones does a lot of uh, commercials. Uh, in Japan, and you know the guy probably makes like millions of dollars for it, and no one even judges him for it here because nobody's ever seen him. So that's a nice, you know, that's a nice thing. Probably a nice thing for he and Jin Ryu to do as well. A nice little, uh, little extra cash cow for him. Yeah, why not? <clears throat> um, it is, it is noodles. It is noodles ads. Uh, they're they're on. Uh, I'll have to post that on the website. <laughs> um, the next guy is Turk Wendell. Okay. Yeah, another Cub. Uh, although he didn't wear, he he wore thirteen with the Cubs. Yeah, he was um, a, he was a weird guy, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, it's almost to the point where it was like it wasn't even charming; it was just annoying. Uh, mm-hmm. <clears throat> like, so he would definitely jump over the foul line when he would come off the mound. But he would also, and he wore like a weird like necklace. And um, I'm trying to think of some of the other things he did, but but the most notable thing that he did, I think, was he brushed his teeth uh, between innings. Um, wow super annoying um like he um yeah they he would like grab a gatorade cup with water and he would like just like dip the the toothbrush in the cup and like i don't know like what he did with for toothpaste but he would brush his teeth between each, each inning and like that's it's, fucking like, disgusting would, would he do that in the dugout yeah he would be sitting right in the middle of the dugout doing it and spit like onto the like gr- the ground and like it's like really this you you need to do this like this is something you need to do <laughs> Like okay, I like Turk Wendell, but like, 
I was like kind of like a kid and like I was kind of like digging like you know the the alternative to the mainstream like kind of thing uh especially like you know including baseball and like but even that was like I'm like all right man come on like you're just 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 wear like a, a sign that says look at me like yeah like on the back of your jersey yeah, they, uh, you know, I mean, you got guys eating fried chicken, um, you know, Wade Boggs, hey, that, that doesn't seem too extreme, you know, it's, it's, but it's one of those eccentricities, you know, I've, I've seen other guys jump over the, the foul line before, but yeah, mm-hmm. never anybody brushing their teeth. Was that just, uh, was that just while he was, uh, was that just while he was in the game and once he got t- taken out, he would stop brushing his teeth or would I... he just think so i'm not sure i'm not sure exactly but yeah at least someone like like wade boggs had the you know the decency to do it before a game he wasn't like eating a he wasn't grabbing like a leg you know in between innings um but uh, (laughs) yeah but yeah he he left that to his future boston red sox uh brethren um yeah so turk uh turk wendell longtime reliever though um you know he probably pitched for uh for over 10 years um all right let's see who we got next here we got aaron judge yeah, uh, Aaron Judge is, yeah, yeah, all, all rise uh, uh, for the yeah the judges' chambers. Um, yeah, Jeremy, Aaron Judge. It seems like he's never going to be uh, like fully healthy again. I mean, yeah, I don't really know what to say. I mean, maybe. Um, do you think like is, can can Giancarlo Stanton like be negatively influencing Aaron Judge's like health? <laughs> like, like because he's already also injury prone. Did he make Aaron Judge injury prone as well? Like, I, um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm again. I'm not a, the biggest Yankees fan, although I, I, I do like Judge. Um, so it would be nice to see him really just have a year where he's just tearing it up like he did. Um, his, you know, his rookie year. Um, but, uh, but yeah. I mean, it's been kind of underwhelming for as as much fanfare as he debuted. I mean, kind of like with Chris Bryant, like. Like with as much fanfare as he had, like his first like year or two, like you, like if he wasn't in, on the on the Yankees, I feel like no one would be like everyone would have totally forgotten about him. Yeah, most definitely. I, I think that both times we went to see him in twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen, or both times we went to see the Yankees for this podcast, he was not in the lineup either of those times. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. In, uh, in twenty nineteen, I don't think Stanton was either. We got like you know we got treated to Mike Talkman instead. Oh, um, God. But uh, but yeah, um, I, I agree. It seemed like when he he burst uh, onto the scene in 2017, it was like wow, 52 homers in his rookie year. Like, and he, you know, he's only 25. Like, this guy seems like he could hit you know 50 home runs a year for the next 10 years. You know, he's a big guy. He's six seven, um, 240, whatever. But it just it just hasn't happened. And now like I I just kind of don't really care about him anymore. <laughs> yeah yeah um, yeah. It would be nice um, if. Uh there could be something there um, to, to kind of get behind. I mean, honestly, like, man, I, you know, as much as I dislike or just don't care for the Yankees, like if the Yankees were like mashing day in and day out with like 162 games or like even to 154 games uh, from like Stanton and judge, like, you know, day in and day out, like that would be pretty cool to see, but it's just like, yeah, it's just not going to happen. It's like Wood and Pryor in the in the Cubs rotation. Like they're just never going to be healthy at the same time, if if at all. Yeah, I uh, I agree. Yeah, they they signed those uh, the Twin Towers uh, for uh, you know that outfield, and it just they've never um, yeah they've never been healthy at the same time. Seems to never never seems to work out. Um, the next guy on the list, Jeremy, is Taiwan Walker. Yeah. 
Taiwan Walker. I'm on, honestly kind of surprised he's like still around. Uh, yeah. It doesn't doesn't seem like you know he he started 28 games in 2017, and then the next two years combined he only started four games in the major leagues. And this year this year in the shortened season he started uh, it looks like 11. But um, yeah, I mean he just compl- you know speaking of guys who completely disappeared, he completely fell off the face of the earth for about two years. Yeah, it's inter- it's, it's it's not good when um, you started more games in the pandemic season than you did the two years combined. The two <laughs> years combined, um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, he did. Though I will say, like, I think he went to the 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 Blue Jays, right? And like, maybe like a was he like released on waivers or something? And like, he actually uh, like did well. Like, he has good numbers with the with the uh, Blue Jays. Like, so I think he ended the year well with them. Yeah, he did. Um, so you know, I, I would assume that he's still on. The Blue Jays now, I think so, uh, although yeah, yeah uh, uh, although it does say it does say 2021 contract status on Baseball Reference that he's a free agent. Oh uh, okay. So oh maybe who knows? That, okay. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows oh. what where he's gonna go? Um, I mean, yeah, that could be a good pickup for somebody as a flyer, though. Yeah. No, I mean, I think there was a couple times where like, or maybe he was even like rumored uh, to the Cubs at some point, like maybe back when he still had some promise. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean. <sighs> I you know I, honestly as a on the 2021 Cubs I would I would take them I I don't know like I think Jack you could probably do worse with the Brewers for a fifth fourth or fifth starter um yeah a- absolutely um you know I'd probably rather take a shot at Taiwan Walker than you know see like Brett Anderson again um uh yeah, yeah and and Taiwan Walker's only 27 too it seems like he's been around forever but he made his debut at age 20 so uh, you know he's still he's still pretty young and he's actually probably just entering the prime of his career. Yeah, maybe yeah, maybe that. So maybe he was onto something there in Toronto. Um, if that were the case, he probably should resign with Toronto. But he'll probably just chase the money. <laughs> and, and he'll probably sign it, you know, with like uh, Texas or some sort of band box and you know just go for the money. So, um, but yeah, uh, so so there you go. Um, next on the list, a guy who. Did not wear this um, for a long, like for as many years as he played. But um, uh, Manny Ramirez, I think he used to wear 24, maybe with the Red Sox. Um, mm-hmm. But when he went to the Dodgers, he took on 99. Um, and he wore that for three seasons with the Dodgers and with the White Sox at the end of his Yeah, career. Jeremy, I will, I will admit, um, uh, maybe I just wasn't following a super, the White Sox a ton this season, but I... I do not remember him with the White Sox at all. I mean, I'm I'm sure I read something oh, yeah. about it when it happened, but uh, yeah, I mean, twenty twenty four games that would have been very interesting to see him in a White Sox uniform. If we were we were not we didn't know each other at that point because he was on the White Sox in twenty ten. That was about a year before we we met each other. But uh, yeah, right. But yeah, that would have been interesting to go to a game and see him in a White Sox uniform. Yeah, I mean, I I'm like I I think I maybe remember I'm. I would be interested to see if I actually saw him with the White Sox. Um, it's possible, it's possible, but I I don't think so. Um, mm-hmm. It would have it would have been a small window, uh, like a month, to see him basically. Uh, and then I actually I, I stand corrected because he actually went to the the Rays after that and played five games. Um, I I almost want to say that he wore ninety nine too when I saw him with Iowa, but I, I can't. I'd have to bust out the uh, the, the box score for that. Yeah, sure. And yeah, I mean, it would have been interesting if you, you know, if you'd seen him play with the White Sox, you would have potentially had the chance to see him hit his last career home run. Uh, yeah. cause, uh, but it does look like he hit one 
with uh, Tampa Bay and that. No, he didn't. He didn't hit no, any didn't. home runs with Tampa Bay. So yeah, you know, you might have you might have had the chance to see him uh, hit his last major league home run. I will say, you know, I don't remember Manny Ramirez with the White Sox. I did go to a game where Ken Griffey Jr. played with the White Sox. I think it was in 2008. Mm-hmm. I think I saw him hit a home run, which is uh, which is kind of a shame that I remember that Griffey home run with the White Sox, but I don't remember the I don't remember the one I saw him, uh, you know, hit. Uh, with the Mariners back in the mid, like late nineties when he was like the coolest player in baseball. Uh, so, you know, there, there you go. That it always, always works out like that. Um, yeah, I, you know, I saw Manny Ramirez though in the, in the mid nineties, like when he was with the Indians, um, I saw him play some games, uh, and I went to a game at Jacobs field in the mid nineties when he was playing, he might've hit a, he might've hit a home run in that game, but, uh, yeah, he was, he put up some pretty sick numbers for a long time, but, uh, that was all, a lot of that was probably steroid fuel fueled. Probably, probably. Jack, you know who he hit his last home run off of? Who? For the Detroit Tigers. Gil, Max, Gil, oh, not Gil Mesh. Well, I was no. gonna, I was gonna guess Gil Mesh. No, it was Max Scherzer. <laughs> Max Scherzer, yeah. Oh wow, that's kind of a that's kind of a cool fact. Yeah, that's a good one to go out on, I suppose. <laughs> um, yeah, nice, uh, nice five hundred and fifty-five. It's a nice, uh, nice round number for him, sort of. Yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah, Manny Ramirez mm-hmm. probably the probably the best player on this list. Ooh, the next one's a fun one. Um, uh, the Wild Thing, Mitch Williams. Yep, wore it for only uh, three seasons. Um, so I think he wore twenty-eight when he was with the Cubs. Uh, okay, Jack, if you quiz me on that, if uh, you have baseball reference up, but I think he was number twenty-eight when he was with the Cubs. Okay, um, let me see. I do have baseball reference up. I'm actually looking here, though. So, you know, it uh, it seems like maybe his, him wearing 99 was inspired by Rick Vaughn because he didn't start wearing it until 93, and right. Major, League, Major League came out in 89. Uh, so that's, that's kind of funny for him to embrace that if that's, in fact, what he was doing. Uh, let me see here. Yeah, it, he wore 28 for the Cubs. That's a good call, Jeremy. Um, yeah. Yeah, good, good call on that one. Mitch Williams, uh, yeah, the, the, uh, the wild thing. My favorite thing about Mitch Williams, Jeremy, in a video that never gets old, the video where him and Lenny Dykstra are having a legitimate uh, like fight uh, slash argument at, at like a Phillies convention. It's it's priceless. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. That was on our uh, baseball uh, videos episode back uh, way back when with Ben Perkins. Um, <clears throat> yeah, wouldn't Mitch Williams? Um, you know, as a Cubs fan, I, Jack, I don't know how like closely you feel to Mitch Williams, but Mitch Williams was maybe the first baseball player that I hated. Um, and it was because I didn't even really hate him that much, but my, my friend's dad hated him. Uh, so I had a, a good friend uh, growing up uh, who, lived, who um, lived next door to me. Uh, his parents were divorced, um, so like uh, he would come and visit every other weekend, um, but his dad lived next door to me. And uh, that's where I, I had a lot of formative years there, actually, uh, hanging out like at his at his house. Like as soon as he, he would come over for the weekend, I would go there and I would like spend the night. I would spend like the whole weekend there, basically. Um, but uh, so a lot of like like Cubs stuff, like I, I got through like my friend's dad, like because he was a big Cubs guy. He was like he would hang out like at Bernie's bar, like back like in the 90s, like before, like the the Wrigley Fields bar scene really became a big thing. Uh-huh. Um and he was like a regular at Bernie's. Um but uh anyway, his dad his dad hated Mitch Williams and he called him Mitch the bitch. Okay. Um and uh uh there was a famous uh Saturday afternoon um when when NBC would show Saturday afternoon games. Uh I believe they were playing the the Pirates and Mitch Williams like uh if you remember Jack, he would like do this crazy wind up uh, where he would kind of like cock himself back and then 
throw the ball and then land like basically like flailed like sprawled out like like with his back to the home plate facing third base essentially uh huh like at best he was like sideways from the mound not like in no position to like field a ball hit back to him right <clears throat> and um you know he would he was bad like he would like load the bases and then strike three guys out or something so cubs fans at best like they he drove them nuts if and at <laughs> worst they they hated his guts and they called him Mitch the bitch um but uh there was one game where someone like hit the ball up the middle and Mitch Williams was like sideways and it hit him in the head and uh, he had to come out of the game and like he was like bleeding from the side of his head. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember like like that move was like like celebrated because he was such like he was such a like uh, unlikable guy, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. In in the long run, I think I that was one of those situations where like my friend's dad, like where an adult like influenced my opinion on him a little bit because I I don't know. I thought he was kind of entertaining, but uh, I also probably wasn't old enough to, to like live and die with by every pitch sure um but if i was really invested i'm sure i would probably have hated his guts but uh um i found him amusing um you know he's kind of a mess like as like in his post career like life like didn't he he got like banned from like he got kicked out of like his son's like youth basketball game for like arguing <laughs> with a referee and stuff. I mean, and then he's like, yeah, totally like wasted and drunk and fighting with Lenny Dykstra on like in front of an audience. So he's kind of a mess. I think, I don't know if MLB network fired him or they kind of like politely asked him to leave. Uh, so he's, he's, he's a bit of a mess as, as a person these days, but, um, but yeah, uh, you know, wild thing, uh, Mitch Williams. So, um, you know, and I think he, I think he got that, that, that na- nickname in Chicago. Did he? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just Jeremy. It must must have been something about just being on that that '93 Phillies team that just uh, you know turned turned everybody who was on that team into an eccentric, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that's one way to put it. There, there might have been something in like the AstroTurf that like all made them like that made their brains rot out or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, well, hey, I I think Lenny Dykstra said it best when he said, "Shut up, man." Uh, which is my favorite, <laughs> my favorite quote from uh, that argument. Well, the funny thing about that though is that like I think somebody's saying something in support of Lenny Dykstra, and he still tells the guy to shut up. Uh, which is uh, it's it's freaking great, man. That's like, I haven't is, I haven't watched that, it. Yeah, in the in that video, is that is that where they say like you know you uh, Mitch like you were mad when the team would score five runs in the eighth inning because that means you couldn't have got the save right? Is, does he say yep. that in that video? Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the the same, the very same video. Yeah, yeah, nice. I haven't uh, <laughs> I haven't I haven't watched that video in a while. I might have to I might have to pull that one up after we're done here. Yeah, uh, it's good good stuff. Um, James Jones is the next guy on the list, not to be mistaken with the. Uh, with the uh, the, cult the NFL rec- the the, oh, okay. the what I was gonna say the NFL receiver who were you gonna say I said the cult leader didn't was that that was Jim Jones right okay was he the guy that made everybody drink the Kool Aid yeah I believe- <laughs> yes, I okay believe so. <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> yeah that's funny okay um yeah James Jones had a very short career um the only reason i know who he is who he is is because me and my uh dad played the 2014 stratomatic baseball season he was he was in that he had his most uh games played uh he batted over 300 times officially uh but yeah he played parts of two seasons with the mariners and uh that's it do you remember james jones at all 
Yeah, I do. Um, mostly just because of like fantasy baseball implications. Like I think, you know, he was maybe a guy I had assigned for uh, like at the end of the season or, or like he was like on the waiver wire. And I'm, I was yeah, let me let me correct myself that I'd never had James Jones on my fantasy baseball team. But um, he was maybe a guy that I looked at like on the waiver wire to, to think like, should I sign this guy? And I'm looking at his baseball reference and like, you know, he might have he might still not be officially retired like he played in 2019 um, in AAA and AA with with the Texas Rangers um, uh, system, and um, you know so maybe he would have maybe he would have been on a team this year if there was minor league baseball. Um, looks like he played in the Dominican Winter League uh, last off season as well. So um, I don't know if uh, he's officially retired, but uh, maybe he's you know he's just taking a a break because uh, of COVID. Yeah, um, Jeremy, the weird thing is, because I was looking at that too in uh, his minor league stats, they list 45 games played, but they say he had no plate appearances. So that, that's just that's got to be an error or something, right? They just oh, don't have his yeah. stats. That, I'm looking that, at that. Be very, maybe he pinch ran 80, uh, 45 times or something <laughs> like that. He was, um, he, was, he was fast. He did have speed. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, I wonder what is up with that maybe. Um, hmm. Interesting. Well, maybe we discovered a glitch in the in the baseball reference page. Maybe uh, there's some sort of hidden code there thinking like, well, no one's ever going to check James Jones's minor league uh, stats. (laughs) So we probably hide some sort of like, you know, launch codes in there or something. (laughs) But yeah. All right. Well, James Jones, we we love you. So my list is a little different here with these guys tied for the same years, Jack. I have Keenan Middleton next. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I uh, I see him as well, Jeremy. I even though he he's pitched in the last two years, I have no clue who this guy is. He's on the Angels, so that that's probably part yeah. of it. He um might be a free agent now too. Um, but uh, he was um he he inherited the closers role for the Angels at some point and was actually looked like he might be actually good. And then I think like he blew out his arm, um, uh, at some point and like missed uh like the rest of the 2019 season. Uh, although it looks like he actually got into four game or 13 games uh, in 2020. So that, that I did not realize that he actually made it back to the majors last year, but I think he's a free agent now. Um, okay. Or um, he was arbitration eligible and maybe they, maybe they didn't. Um, they non-tendered him. I think maybe that's what happened. Cause I feel like I just saw his name in the news and I, I thought that he might've been a free agent. Um, but uh, yeah, not 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 too many, uh, not not uh, easy to find uh, news on Keenan Middleton, I guess. But uh, no, uh, well, Jeremy, I think the most interesting thing about uh, Keenan Middleton is that he's from Milwaukee, Oregon. Oh, interesting. Or he went he went to Mil- Milwaukee High School in Oregon. It looks like he's from Portland. But yeah, Milwaukee is spelled M I L W A U K I E. Uh, you know the famous one in Wisconsin spelled with two e's at the end. I yeah, I didn't know there was another Milwaukee out there. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I assume that Milwaukee is named after like an, a Native American tribe, and I don't like. Did they make it all the way out to Oregon? I guess I don't know. But, <laughs> yeah, um, hey. Yeah, possibly. Um, uh, yeah, I wonder if the sports fans there are as uh, as dumb as the ones here. Who knows? <laughs> um, all right, move, moving on. Um, uh, let's see the, who next. Jeremy on the list. I got Daniel Robertson. Yeah, um, which I had to check to see if he played. Um, oh, okay. So this is interesting. This is the other Daniel Robertson because there's like two, I believe. 
And yes. one of them, yeah, one of them plays for the Rays. Um, and I think he might still be on the Rays. So, okay, that's interesting. This is the other um, Daniel Robertson. It is. Um, yeah, this is the less remarkable one. Um, yeah. He, uh, yeah, he played parts of a couple seasons with the Rangers, Angels, Mariners, and Indians. So it's actually it's actually pretty impressive for a guy to play four straight years with four different teams. Uh, he's sort of the American League's answer to J.B. Shuck. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, the guy never did anything in his, you know, he hasn't played since 2017 in the majors. Uh, but, you know, he never did anything. Hit 262. Uh, in 148 games played for his career, never had more than uh, 180 official at bats in a year, and uh, he hit one career home run. Yeah, kind of like myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Did you hit a home run, Jeremy? I hit one home run in my little league career. Yes. Was it off um, of a? Uh, was it over the fence, or was it just did you have to leg it out? Yeah, that we had no fences, um, so uh, I legged it out. This I think was covered on. Uh, uh, Little League Memories <laughs> episode. Uh, I, th- I believe, yeah, we probably probably did, Jeremy. That that's pretty uh, that's pretty cool, though. Um, you know, if I was ever running for any kind of office, uh, that would be one of my platforms. Would be that every every Little League field in America should have a fence on it. You know, <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, yeah, I like that. Kind of similar to the plot of uh, My Blue Heaven. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, I, I'm not familiar, Jeremy. Uh, the uh, Steve Martin Rick Moranis movie. I mean, never seen it. Really? I've oh, ne- yeah, man. I've never seen My Blue Heaven. No. Yeah, I. That's one of those ones where like you can make the you can make a strained connection to say it's a baseball movie. It's not, but um, he he builds a, a little league park for for two kids for Joan Cusack's kids actually. Uh huh. Um, it's a good movie. I think it's Nora Ephron. Um, uh, I get I get her confused with another per- with the with another person, but um. Uh, it's a it's a good movie. Um, if you can like uh, look past the fact that um, Steve Martin is playing like a mafia uh, guy. Um, oh, okay, but, yeah, uh, that's not great. That's not great casting for him. No, but, uh, it's, it's not. Um, and they <laughs> dance like they like. There's there's like dancing sequences where like they're just dancing, uh, like the merengue or something. It's really it is really weird. Actually, there's uh-huh. a lot of weird elements to that movie. Um, but uh, I do like it. But yeah, it was written by Nora Ephron. Okay. But um. But yeah. Anyway, well, I, so I he, will have to. I will have to see that. So he builds them a baseball field. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a way that we. It's actually there's definitely some funny parts in the movie. Um, and Steve Martin is actually really funny in it. Uh, I was trying to think of if there's some way we could like make a case for watching that for the podcast. Um. <laughs> uh. But uh. But yeah. That maybe there there's enough baseball in there. They go to like a Padres. Yeah. You know. There's enough baseball in there. Um, we can make the <laughs> argument for it, but uh, that's an off-the-air conversation, I suppose. Um, back to the list, I guess. Uh, okay, the next guy I had, Jeremy, is Alfredo Amezaga. Okay, yeah. Oh, this is going to be a mess here because everyone now here is one year. And Jack, I don't know if we need to go through every single one of these guys. Sure, that's um, fine. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Alfredo Amezaga, I think maybe is how they said it. Was it Amezaga? Yeah, and like he also was totally on like the Marlins and stuff. So he must have only wore ninety nine for like one year, I think. Uh huh. Um, yeah, he was on a, several different teams. He only wore the ninety nine for one year. Um, I want to say he wasn't even that tiny of a guy. He was five foot eleven. Um, yeah, don't you know? Not no no real major uh, great memories about. Uh, Alfredo Amezaga, um, but uh, 
he's of <laughs> ninety nine. Yeah, guys, well, I Jeremy, I, I think the best thing Alfredo Amezaga, uh, Amezaga, you know, contributed to this podcast was that he made us realize we don't need to go through all of these guys. So yeah, totally. let's just uh, let's pick and I'll, choose I'll here. Pick, yeah, I'll uh, I'll just pick out the night. I don't know who the hell any of these other guys are, except for there's two there's two on the list. Well, I guess three. Um, Todd Hundley is one that wore 99. He wore it one year with the Chicago Cubs in 01. Yeah. Uh, I always kind of liked Todd Hundley when I was a kid. Uh, yeah, see, that's um, – Todd Hundley, I can I can safely say, I I made the conscious choice to think he was an asshole. Um, <laughs> he was horrible on the Cubs. He was, by all, like, accounts, an asshole. Um, the Cubs somehow – I can't – we talked – this came up uh, recently on the on the podcast, but, like – I can't believe that somehow how like for how bad Todd Hundley was as a cub, I can't believe that they somehow um got something for him in a trade. He, they traded him <laughs> to the to the Dodgers for Eric Karros and Mark Rudzelanek, who were both instrumental on the 03 Cubs team that made it made it to the LCS. Um but I couldn't believe it. It's like it, it he was like a cancer on the team and it's like I felt like the Cubs were desperate to get rid of him and like in that situation, that that doesn't make for a good trade. Like you either get hosed, or people just won't let you, like won't take a trade from you and make you release him, and then they'll sign him if they have any interest. But somehow, uh, Jim Hendry got two key pieces of the '03 team for Todd Hundley, and it's crazy. And like for that alone, like he did a couple of things in '03 that made him a legend. Uh, that some people like forgave for the rest of his career as a Cubs GM, which were, which was not good. Um, but I remember like, yeah, his first year. Yeah. So he, I actually, this is all kind of coming back to me. His, he came over from, uh, the Dodgers. Um, he, he was number nine with the Dodgers. He wore 99 when he came to the Cubs. And then the next year with the Cubs, he, he went back to nine. And, uh, I think that was like a thing that people said. They were like, yeah, you know, get rid of this 99. Like he doesn't like, he shouldn't be wearing 99. Like that's not a real baseball number. He should wear nine. And then like he, he played better like in Oh two. So they're like, Oh yeah. You know, it was the 90, it was the 99. Like, you know, he, <laughs> he was done messing around. So like that was, I remember that. Um, I was, uh, you know, like, uh, what, 21 years old or something at that point. But I do, I can do kind of remember people talking about that. Um, but, uh, yeah, just, um, I don't know. I, it would be interesting to see, what like Mets and Dodgers fans think of Todd Hundley, but he, his his record with the Cubs was not good. Yeah, um, I mean he he was the first uh, aside from Mike Piazza, he was kind of the first catcher I remember as like hitting a lot of home runs. Mm-hmm. Um, like you know ninety six, he had forty one homers. You know I was still a kid at that point. I was probably about ten years old. Um, ninety seven, he had thirty. So I was like, wow, this guy's kind of cool. Like he switch hits. No, he uh, yeah he switch hits and he uh, like hits a lot of homers behind the plate. Um, so I thought that was kind of neat. Uh, although I, I will admit that he, you know, he seemed to kind of fall off a cliff um, after the 1998 season. He still had a couple seasons where he hit a lot of home runs, but uh, yeah, I mean, he was he was never as good as he was those those two years, 96, 97. So that's kind of mostly how I remember yeah, yeah. him. I mostly remember him as a Met. Um, but yeah, I didn't yeah. know I didn't know he was an asshole with the uh, with the Cubs. Although I mean, he grew up around baseball, like uh, you know, Randy yeah. Hundley. Was also a, he, Randy Hundley was also a Cub, right? For a little while. Yeah, yeah, he was on the '69 yeah. Cubs. He's a beloved Cub uh, legend, which is why like they thought like it would be great to have him on the team. And then 
it's like, hey, Randy, we hate to tell you this, but your son's an asshole. Um, <laughs> so we're shipping him out of town. Uh, thanks for playing. You feel free to come back anytime for, uh, you know, to throw out the first pitch and sing Take Me Out to the Ball Game. But your son's not welcome here anymore. Um, yeah, yeah. I just, I, I remember, like, they called him Hot Rod. Like, and I think Chip Carey called him Hot Rod. Um, and I think it had to do with him being an asshole. <laughs> but I, I don't know. You have to ask Chip Carey about that. Because it's not on base. His, that nickname is not listed on baseball reference. But I remember. He called him that. Um, I can still hear Chip Carey's like um, bullshit, like voice, like "There's Hot Rod, Todd Hundley," um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So um, so Todd Hundley, there you go. Uh, you know the irony about this, Jack, is that I, with the exception of like the bottom three guys on my list, I actually have like a little blurb to say about all these guys for the for the most part. Oh yeah. Um, but let me just say, like, we can kind of handle these two together, I guess. Like Charlie Keller and Willie Crawford. Uh, these are guys I should know based on their war. They seem to like have been like notable guys, but I don't. N- neither of those names jump out to me, Jack. Okay, yeah, I don't remember. Uh, yeah, well, Charlie Crawford or Charlie Keller. It looks like he played in 1952, and uh, Willie Crawford in in 77. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't remember either one of those guys. No, and they both um, looks like they both wore 99 the last year of their careers. Um, 77 Oakland A's. So that I don't know. Maybe that was like. Uh, that was in the height of those uh those like wild Oakland A's teams maybe um mm-hmm. but uh yeah Willie Crawford uh seems to have somewhat you know um he had some longevity I wouldn't say he was like a, a big player but um uh and then Charlie Keller yeah I mean definitely before our times uh would be hard to kind of kind of pinpoint him but uh 189 homers and 200 and 286 batting average that's not bad um and uh, he's got, and uh, he drew a lot of walks too. It looks like he had five oh. seasons of a hundred plus walks, which is uh, yeah. which is also pretty cool. There you go. Uh, lost a year um, for military service. Um, Three time World Series champion, five time All Star. So this guy probably is the best guy to wear number ninety nine. And sadly, we don't, we just don't know him. Yeah, yeah, the the best guy who never took steroids uh, for sure. Um, sure. Yeah, and I mean, he was on those those Yankee teams in the nineteen forties. Um, I mean, I think what was it, nineteen forty one? That was the year that DiMaggio had the hitting streak. Um, uh, yeah, he he made the All Star team that year. He had thirty three homers, one hundred twenty two RBIs, and one hundred and two uh, walks. So he had a great season. Uh, yeah, he was an, he was an integral part of uh, of that Yankees team. Yeah, they won one hundred and one games that year um yeah and that was the year that DiMaggio I think won the MVP uh if I'm not mistaken um so yeah uh, Charlie Keller uh that was a good call Jeremy um you know little uh, little slice of baseball history I guess uh yeah, Logan Morrison actually, oh go ahead actually well really quick just to wrap up Charlie Keller I guess I'm just looking because like, he was he seemed so good in like his 20s and then he kind of fell off a little bit so I'm looking at his similarity scores so uh at age 24 and 25 his his top similarity score is Manny Ramirez uh, wow. 26 it was Billy Williams um, so he was on a pretty good trajectory there for a while um, and then kind of kind of fell off a little bit but uh, interesting um, his top similarity score is Josh Hamilton um, Bryce Harper is actually number three so that's interesting yeah uh, Jeremy yeah that is uh, he, he had a dramatic drop off after yeah. age after age 29 yeah his age 29 season he uh, had 30 home runs 101 RBIs and 113 walks, and he had 275. Uh, that that a- amounted to an, a 405 OBP. And then he was just never the same after that. He had 13 home runs in the next year, and then he never even got double digits after that. So that's a very strange, very uh, very dramatic drop off for him. Yeah, I wonder if he was like he probably was working in the off season, like you know, at a 
at a as like a short order cook or something and like you know, <laughs> maybe burned his pinky or something like some kind of ridiculous thing that like ball players probably had to deal with back then or he was probably like working at a lumber yard and hurt his back or something you know <laughs> that's how it was right. back then no yeah yeah very uh very very plausible uh for sure um so logan morrison jeremy wore number 99 with the twins in 2018 uh logan morrison who played for the the brewers this year uh you talk about <laughs> yeah. talk about guys who uh just kind of like fell off the face of the earth um yeah logan morrison is definitely that he uh he yeah, played a little bit with the phillies in 2019 um yeah and he played like nine games for the for the brewers this year he just sucked he hit 120 in uh 25 at bats he had three hits and they, i think they just cut him yeah. Um, yeah. I think um, I want to say that that was the year like I think the the twins signed uh, Morrison and like I was like, oh, this could be a good move for them. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, he hit 186. He hit 15 homers in 95 games, but he hit 186. And I, I believe they they released him, if I remember correctly. Um, so that was the only year he wore 99. Um, I will. I do thank Logan Morrison for hitting a home run when I went to my one and only game at uh, Tropicana Field. Um, oh, did he? Yeah, it was a pretty nice homer too. Um, like, kind of a moonshot into right field. But uh, um, yeah, uh, I don't know if he's a jerk or not. I know that he had a pretty good Twitter presence, like back in the beginning of his career. Um, but uh, but yeah, just totally Mister Irrelevant now. Just still kicking around. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he appears on a. He'll probably be at least in camp with the team. Uh, God, I couldn't imagine him making a roster, but. Uh, there are like some bad teams out there, so. Well, and hey, man, the Cubs need a left fielder. So, oh God! You know, yeah. <laughs> on his, oh, his baseball reference, he's li- take that listed as it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, one thing with, that's strange about his career, like I don't know what what business did he have hitting thirty eight home runs in twenty seventeen? Like he hit those he hit those thirty eight homers, and just like nobody wanted to nobody wanted to sign him. Yeah. Um, I remember when the Twins signed him in t- for 2018. It was like they grudgingly signed him. They were like, right. "Well, I guess some, I guess somebody's got to sign this guy, so it might as well I, be us." I almost want to say it was like a spring training signing. Like they signed him like like very close to the beginning of the season, um, February 28th. Yeah, so spring training had already started at that point. So mm-hmm. um, so yeah, but that was the year that I saw him hit the homer in 2017. So there you go. I saw one of those 38, Jack. Well, yeah, Jeremy, I think we went to a Devil Rays White Sox game uh, as well in U.S. Cellular Field, and I think he hit a home run in that game as well. Oh, ah, okay. Well, so, uh, so two of them. <laughs> uh, yeah, two two of those uh, two of those thirty eight. So you were you were kind of a good luck charm for him, I guess. <laughs> uh, maybe you should go to a game this year for him, man. He needs it. Yeah. Um, well, if he's if he's playing with the Cubs and if he's the starting opening day left fielder for the Cubs, I guess I will see one of his games at some point if if I'm allowed in. Um, but that and COVID might leave me, keep me out of the park. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, uh, so what do we got? Alex Verdugo uh, for the Red Sox. Um, uh, you know, he was in that trade um, uh, that the trade, he was in the trade that fell apart. And then he was in like the re envisioned uh, part of that trade that brought David Price over to the Dodgers who uh, did not uh, play this year, opted out of the season. Um and he was like the main. He was like the main piece of that trade for for the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he was. Um, uh, yeah, Verdugo. Uh, it looks. It seems like he's. I feel like I've I've been hearing a lot about him for a long time. So uh, it seems like he's kind of a you know, and it should turn into an exciting guy. I guess maybe losing Mookie Betts is uh, 
you know, I guess maybe getting Alex Verdugo makes it a little bit easier to right. stomach. I should Although, say I should say that yeah, there was a guy named Mookie Betts in that trade also. I kind of forgot <laughs> about that, but but yeah, um, but yeah, they got a guy Jeter Downs who's like a, a prospect, like a shortstop prospect, um, or shortstop or second base, uh, um, prospect. So um, so there's that too. Um, but uh, but yeah, and then Verdugo this year, like Verdugo's another one of those guys. He kind of like he looks kind of trashy a little bit. If I if I have to make a judgment call on someone's looks which uh <laughs> is popular you know in, in these days um he uh he played in 53 games hit 308 with six homers for the red sox so that's not too bad um i don't think i heard his name once all year at, nor saw any highlight of him this year so uh, that could be no. partially because the red sox just were bad um but he had a pretty good year and i would i didn't know it until just now jack yeah, uh, yeah. Neither did I. I think probably the best chance I had of seeing him was when that guy, uh, you know, that guy <laughs> climbed over the fence at, at Boston and started yelling at Michael <laughs> at Michael Chavis about his, uh, you know, about being inferior to Michael Jordan. I'm sure Alex Verdugo <laughs> was probably playing in that game. Um, yeah, but I, uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't know that either, Jeremy. Um, so yeah, Alex Verdugo though, number 99, did not know he wore that. Uh, there's a funny one here, Jeremy, cause I was just looking at it cause I didn't remember this guy at all, even though he seemed relatively recent. Rudy Owens. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a mm. sad story, Jeremy. Very sad story. At age 26, oh, he appeared in one game and that was it. He, he appeared in one major league game. He started one game, uh, and he gave up five earned runs in five and two thirds innings, nine hits, a home run two walks and he struck out one guy and then that was it that was his own that was the only time he ever pitched in the major leagues well geez at least he uh he at least he qualified for a win <laughs> if his team could have scored <laughs> six you know <laughs> um but uh yeah he he looks kind of like a character <laughs> in his picture too um but uh yeah this is yeah wow talk about a cup of coffee i mean can you can you say a one game appearance in the majors is a cup of coffee yeah, man. Uh, I, I, that's not even a, a, a one of those like little energy drinks, you know. Yeah, um, like a shot of espresso or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. That wouldn't even that yeah, that wouldn't even qualify as a cup of coffee, Jeremy. I would like. Uh, I would consider like a uh, you know like a September call up to be a cup of coffee. This it's like. Yeah. I don't understand why he even started this game. I'm looking at the like the the Astros were not good in 2014. But like you know, it's it seems pretty incongruous that he would uh, that he would be pitching here. Um, yeah, and it was in May too. It wasn't even in September. It was May twenty third. No, so yeah, you don't have you didn't have expanded rosters. Uh, the game was at uh, is that Safeco Field. Uh, it was attended by twenty one thousand one hundred and ninety two people, uh, uh, starting at seven ten p.m. local time. So it was a night game. Uh, he went up against Felix Hernandez as well. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, he did. I'm trying to see who hit the bomb in that game. Oh, Willie! Oh, God, he gave up a home run to Willie Bloomquist. Oh no! Yeah, man, that must have been like the one home run Willie Bloomquist hit in his whole career. <laughs> well, maybe this was a self-imposed retirement. Then this is like <laughs> baseball Harry Carey. He's like, I gave up a home run to Willie Bloomquist. Take me out, coach. I'm done. Give my <laughs> give my give my locker to someone else. <laughs> yeah, it's like when uh. When Bob Gibson, the, he gave up a grand yeah. slam to Pete LeCock, and he said, you know, when I gave up a homer to Pete LeCock, I knew I was done. Um, <laughs> so, uh, 
So yeah, um, yeah, Jeremy, that was the only home run that Willie Bloomquist hit that year in 2014 was uh, was off of Rudy Owens. That's like when David Ross hit a home run off of Mark Grace. You know, it's like that home yeah. run shouldn't even count. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's harsh. That's that's really harsh. But uh, I I I, have, I would have to support that that motion, Jack, if you presented it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so there you go. Rudy C. Owens. Interesting. Um, I was going to say Brian Bruni. I just, I have something to say about him. Like, I remember he like looked like a bulldog, like his <laughs> picture. Like, yeah, if you look at his, um, on baseball reference, his, um, his diamondbacks picture picture, he had like a goatee and like he did, he was one of those guys who did that stupid thing when like he would look, he would be on the mound and then he would like turn and look at the, at the batter. And he, he had this like face, like. It's if it's like if you were like a little kid, if you're like playing around with a little kid and you were like, hey, like make a mean face. And like the little kid goes like, grr, you know, and like that's what Brian Bruni did uh, like when he would like pitch. I, I remember that for some reason. Um, so he would look at the mound and like make this like this like mean mug to the batter. And then, you know, he'd probably <laughs> give up like a triple off the wall or something, you know, um, but uh, or like a screaming double at least. Um, probably hit too hard to be a triple. So, um, but yeah, so he hung around for a while. Um, but that's what I know of Brian Bruni. Okay. Um, you know, I think there's only one other guy in this list, Jeremy, that we haven't talked about. Uh, well, two guys, James Karinchak, uh, pitched yeah, this James year for Karinchak. the, in- Karinchak, is it? Okay. Yeah. I'd never heard yeah, of that guy. He- is he any supposed to be any good? Yeah, no, he is. So Jack, if you have not seen James Karinchak pitch, um, you're, you're missing out on some, some theater. Actually, he, you know, in the in the in the terms of Turk Wendell, um, he he's a very like he there's a lot of histrionics going on when he pitches. Like he swore he, he does he has this whole like routine. He's kinda like the Nomar Garcia Parra of pitchers. Like he 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 like rubs the ball in his hands and then he kinda like f- like throws it in the air and like swipe like grabs it barehanded. And then mm-hmm. he like gets on the mound and he like sways back and forth, kinda like Johnny Cueto a little bit. Sure. And then he, he has this crazy windup where it's like I think it's like totally over his it's like a total like spike like he throws a completely like windmill like over his head um, and they call him wild thing he's like the new wild thing in Cleveland he wears 99 and he's really good too um, is he yeah and so like he's I definitely think he's like the closer of the future for the Indians especially now I think they 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 let Brad hand go so I'm James Karinchek is probably gonna be the closer for the for the Indians next year. Um, so he's a promising guy. Um, and, uh, yeah, I like him. He was on my fantasy team this year. And, uh, so yeah, he's, um, he's like the new wild thing basically. Nice. Yeah. It looks like he pitched 27 innings, which is actually quite a, that's quite a workload for a 60 game season. Um, yeah, he made 27 appearances, uh, yeah, with a 267 ERA. Um, yeah. So that, you know, Jeremy, maybe it makes a little bit more sense why they didn't retain Brad hand. Because uh, mm-hmm. they've got uh, they've got this guy, you know. There's a nice picture of him on here uh, uh, making a meal out of his glove. Uh, so yeah, he okay, seems sure. uh, <laughs> yeah he seems he seems like an eccentric uh, eccentric guy just from looking at these pictures. I did not watch an Indians game this year, so I didn't okay. I didn't get a chance to didn't get a chance to see him. Yeah, they played the Cubs a couple times this year. Um, but I'll I'll give you this stat, Jack: fifty three strikeouts in twenty seven innings. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's pretty good, man. Does that's he throw legit. gas? Does he throw pretty yeah. hard? Yeah. Okay. And his windup is deceptive. Like he's good. Um, I hope he uh, continues excelling because uh, he could be one of the premier closers in the league. Um, normally, I like the weird guys, you know, like I said. Um, but he he kind of makes me uneasy to watch just because he's he's like sweaty 
and like he does all these movements um but uh yeah if he continues to be good i can i can kind of live with that but uh yeah he's he's a interesting guy very interesting yeah and only one home run allowed in 27 innings so uh that's pretty good as well all right last guy why not last guy darren clark uh man i don't remember darren clark at all uh this is another guy jeremy it looks like he got into two looks like he got into two games so he's he's got rudy owens beat baby he pitched uh, <laughs> yeah, right. two games uh, and for a combined inning and a third. Yeah, um, so less innings than Rudy Owens, though. We'll say that. <laughs> but, yeah, more, more games but less innings. Um, made his debut in May of 2007. Uh, yeah, pitched a long time in the minor leagues. Made his MLB debut at age 26. Got into two games and never, uh, never made it back. No, I can't say, <clears throat> can't say that I remember him uh, at all for any reason. Um, but, uh, he, he's, he's in the, he's in the record books for appearing, uh, you know, in a game. Um, there's also Colin Ballister, Jack too, um, is on this list we didn't mention, but, uh, again, Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Tell me about Colin Ballister. I see him now. I mean, there's not much to say, although I'm looking at his baseball reference and he, he, again, like appeared in 2012 and then not again until 2015. So, uh, um, it looks like he might've went overseas maybe, um, during those years, uh no he didn't um he just didn't crack the majors uh those years. <laughs> so um so yeah um but uh i remember his i remember him but uh nothing really notable about him but uh there you go those are all the guys who wore 99 those are all the guys so even even from those obscure guys jeremy we did still get uh, a few a few little nuggets so that was nice yeah. um all right well who knows who knows jeremy what we're going to be talking about uh next week but uh, but I'll tell you this: we're pro- we're we're gonna we're gonna have something. Yeah, a big episode one hundred, Jack. So it, that's uh, right. That's right. We we hit the century mark uh, next time, so that'll be really exciting. But uh, for now, I'm Jack Swakowski, and I'm Jeremy Dionisio, and we will see you next time. Bye.